Will concerts return in 2020? We debate it on a special edition of the Music Universe podcast. Hey, man, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. How are you? <laughs> Sounds like uh, you're you're eating a little bit. <laughs> I'm eating Reese's peanut butter cups on air. I've been in Pennsylvania for a month. I do not care anymore. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Uh, are you <laughs> one of those? Are you one of those that just uh, doesn't wear jeans and stuff? Or Dude, you, like, I can't sweats? find my fucking belt. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna need it. You keep eating those Reese's. There's a crappy belt here that I used like one time to go outside and go on a nice walk. But I came home a month ago. I can't I, with my nice belt. I have not been able to find it since. And if that doesn't sum up 2020 in a nutshell, I don't know what does. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you about that. I guess you'll just have to do a little uh, little looking around the. Uh, the house there to try to find your belt. Yeah, yeah. When I need it, <laughs> when it's time to go back to New York in 2022, uh, apparently. <laughs> well, that is kind of what we're, uh, you know, semi-debating today. I know uh, we've spoken off the air a little bit about the whole um, concert returning mass event thing for, for the foreseeable future, and uh, we just wanted to... Um, you know, just kind of chat about it a little more and uh, not that we can clear up anything because it's really out of all of our hands. We're just, you know, reporting it. But um, I, I know you've heard some stuff, but tell me what you've heard and I'll because we've reported a couple of things. But um, I, I just want to know what you're up to date on as far as the concert uh, scene. Well, I I understand that there's a lot of this guidance about oh, things may not return until 2021 or no concerts for the rest of the year or let's even look to 2022. I, I, un, I think that's extreme caution and I don't know how much that that is necessary. It is unsustainable when the economy mm -hmm. opens back up to not have events of some kind. Uh, it's, my appeal, it's my opinion, it's my feeling. What I do is I look to Las Vegas right. as the microcosm for the country and, and Vegas gets overlooked a lot but Vegas really is a microcosm for our economy on a whole because not only are there is there business in Las Vegas the business of the casinos there's entertainment the casinos are entertainment and then there's every other industry in that we have across the country right there on one little strip of land you have restaurants you have you have hospitality you right. have management, you have entertainment, you have media, you have you have everything you could ever possibly want, a large section of it at least, a large section of industries right there in Las Vegas. And so I look to see how they're coping to predict how the rest of the country is going to do. And there's a guy by the name of Chris Rainey. He runs Yellow Productions Travel Guide. It's a channel on YouTube. He's not paying me to say this, um, although I we do talk... Uh, infrequently now since I reached out to him about some other things. Um, he is one of the best travel experts, I think, out there. And he was saying, and I, I looked before we came on and I could not find his sources, but I, he was saying that Las Vegas 
will reopen in phases. The value resorts are going to come back in May. The mid-tier resorts are going to come back, like the Luxors and the and the Excaliburs, um, mm-hmm. and the Flamingos are going to come back in June. And then the Bellagios and the MGM Grands and, and those kinds of hotels are going to come back. Although MGM Grand may be mid-tier, it's debatable. But those luxury hotels are going to come back sometime in August. They're going to look to the 1st of August. But the intention from uh, Sisolak, the governor, and Mayor Goodman is that Las Vegas is going to reopen uh, in May, early, early May. And my prediction, and if we want to reveal what we've been teasing for a little while here, we can. My prediction is that the marker of a full return to Vegas and entertainment and it's how the other and it's how the country's going to follow is that Garth will have his show in August. Those are my feelings. I think if Vegas proceeds and we don't see a rise in the curve, if Vegas starts May, mid-May, June starts opening some of the hotels that everybody patronizes, July opening more, August getting back to full speed and continues to honor those late August bookings for the Garth show because I'm sure they got a lot that weekend uh, when that was announced and when those tickets went on sale and sold out, I think that will be the marker that will be back to 95, 100% of what it was. You think so? I hope. <laughs> and it, it just yeah. makes sense as a trajectory and a goal, an economic goal. Right. Um, I hope because um, you and I do have plans to yes, attend that Garth show. Yes, we you're, do. You're going to be flying out from the Northeast. I'll be driving in from Bakersfield, and we plan to meet and ha- have a great time at Garth. Now, mm-hmm. I- I'm going to be on the cautious side of things here. Mm-hmm. And if I-, I-, I could totally see your scenario if Vegas is able to open up in phases and we don't get uh, another breakout. Totally see that being like, wow, we can do this, guys. We can get back to our regular normal. However, mm-hmm. I am very cautious based on what um, Dr. Zeke Emanuel has said. For those that don't know, he's one of the key architects of the Affordable Care Act and a special advisor to the Director General of the World Health Organization. Based on his suggestions that all mass gatherings concerts, sporting events, festivals, fairs should be on hold for 18 months because there's not a vaccine yet. And if we just get right back out there, pre-COVID-19, we're going to get a flare-up and it's going to spread. He's saying that if 1% of concert goers at a 50,000-seat venue that's like 250 people are sick and spread it, it's going to branch off again. And we, we cannot, the, the country clearly can't afford to be closed, but it also can't afford to keep reopening and closing every few months because of breakouts. Right. So especially in, in California, I, I've, I've heard the governor say, and I know this is a day by day, often hour by hour thing, but he said that we, California may not get any permits for large gatherings for the rest of 2020. 
um, LA. But he won't grant them, or he's worried that that's what's going to happen. He's worried that if he grants them, or we grant them, however that works, Mm -hmm. that it will do a flare up again, and we'll have another breakout. So LA County is saying, as of now, he's like, you know, the mayor there is likely not going to see any uh, any concerts, any sporting events for the rest of the year. I I don't know. Like I said, that could change. Because here's my thought on that. If we get back, when we start opening, and I know it's going to be in phases like they're saying, if they start permitting grants and mass mm-hmm. gatherings and concerts, it, and there's a 50,000-seat stadium, Yet they're only able to fill half of that because of social distancing rules or laws or whatever you want to say. Is it at some point it doesn't become profitable either to put on those shows. Right. Because of just all the expenses that you have. You know, obviously the venue has to get paid, the the promoter, the the merge people, the you know. So you're you're putting twenty five thousand people and a 50,000 state. And this is just something I'm coming up with. This is not anything I've heard anywhere. It's just my prediction. Right. And you put half of what it's capable of holding, plus a, a ton of staff to, you know, keep things organized and keep people six feet apart or whatever. For one, what fun is it to be at a concert six feet away from your friend? Right. Or or the next concert goer, you know? I don't I don't see that happening. I, I totally see us and I hope I'm wrong in this case. I totally don't see concerts restarting till spring of next year. I think as long as it's strategic, just to sum up my feeling, I, I, I feel as if it's, as long as it's strategic, we're going to get back to it by midsummer. Um, I don't even know that they would prevent everybody from to use the Garth concert as an example from going because you still keep to yourself. I mean, if you are not courteous enough to not cough on the person behind you or in front of you, or if you're, you know, and I know things happen, but like, I think what it is, is it's not a cultural control. It's a cultural shift. We're all going to be more mindful. We're all going to try to be a little bit more polite about our spaces and the things we let out of our personal space like sneezes or, or coughs, I think we're going to be a little bit more cautious when it comes to that. But I don't see that this warrants limiting venue space, limiting restaurant spaces. You just, you can't do that. I mean, I guess you can. I guess maybe we, we might be in for some culture changes, like dealers in in, uh, in face masks. Oh, they're but, already talking that, yeah. Yeah, and that'll probably be the case. But like... Are we going to do that for the rest of forever? Is this virus that big of a threat to the whole of humanity? I mean, I saw a Chiron on the news the one day. Is this the end of the world? It's <laughs> like, let's stop and think about it strategically. You can criticize the president. You can agree with the president. You can criticize Fauci. You can agree with Fauci. You can criticize the World Health Organization. You can agree with the WHO. At the end of the day, you just have to see it. And at the end of the day, it's in the hands of the states, whether it's in their best interest to listen to the medical advice or not. And if they don't and people get sick, then they get thrown out of office the next election. So right. 
it really comes down to how can this be managed as people continue to move about their life. And I don't feel that canceling events is the way to go. And I'd be saying that if I didn't have a ticket on the line to this Garth thing. I would love as a way to celebrate a really tough winter and spring and to to celebrate being through it and a way to... um, to, uh, I just realized my shirt's inside. <laughs> Sorry. As a way to... Um, it's getting to you, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, but you know what? The front of it's so comfy, so I'm leaving it like this. But there anyway, as a way to deal with it, and, and as a way to mark kind of the beginning of the end of it, or the, the beginning of the new beginning, to have that concert, I'd be saying this if I didn't have tickets. I'd be saying... You can't have people get back to work without them having getting back to fun. Also, you can't have people in the economy, food service, uh, food service, insurance, management, whatever, all these other industries, and not have people in the entertainment industry be able to go back to work full force as well. It has to be an all or nothing solution by the states, my feeling. Well, I, I can see that. Um, I, I, I agree. I, I think it has to reopen at some point. I'm just based on what I'm seeing. I don't see it coming back this year. And a lot of that also has to do with artists that are already canceling for the rest of the year. Taylor Swift is canceled and Zach Brown band are, they, they were the first, um, you yeah. know, Zach Brown laid off most about 90% of his team. Uh, last month as this breakout you know postponed and then canceled their tour um I'm, you know just from what it, from what i'm hearing too i mean i i've spoken to an emt and he goes i don't i don't see how this is going to happen I, I don't see how you're going to be able to have large-scale events um right now because there's no vaccine so if if we just go back full force and we get another flare up and then we're closed again, September, October through the end of the year. This can't be something that happens every six months where we close. And I, I think some, I, I think what's going to have to happen is while they're working on the vaccine, I think it's going to open up in stages. They're going to keep social distancing for a while in whatever aspect they do it. And then I, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think a lot of events in some, at least some areas, Mm -hmm. maybe others they will, will get permitted. So I think the artists are going to start getting creative. They're going to have to. And um, they're going to possibly start figuring out ways to get to everybody, maybe through live streaming and paying. Well, um I don't know. It's it's just a prediction. I mean, obviously, touring is where the artists make the most money, and it's so detrimental at this point. Some of them, you know, it's going to be tough to recover. Um, others may not be as tough to recover, mm-hmm. but, you know, you also don't want to get out there and um, and play to half capacity and then break even or... or lose money or lose money and i think that could be what ends up happening if they force events to happen but only at half or less than half capacity or however they 
they figure it out. Well, also, a show can't go on sale without the permits. And if they do go on sale without the permits, uh, holy hell gets raised, as we saw with uh, Garth in Ireland. Yeah. And so my feeling is that Garth, his promoters, again, just to use that as the sort of big example, and I know a lot of our listeners are looking forward to that concert. Oh, absolutely. To To use that as the example, that wouldn't have gone on sale without the proper permits. I don't think that could have gone on sale without the prop proper permits no so I'm, unless I'm, they revo- wait a second unless they revoke the permits which they very well could do by and law by, by all rights they have the right to do the show at full capacity at that stadium in august so true that speculation that they had the permits i would think you'd have to have the permits in order to go on sale from what i know about the logistics of concert promoting but Unless they revoke it, the permit stands as of right now. Well, but while you're probably right on that, you're also, you know, have to consider that they they don't have to reschedule the shows that they've already done. For for May, mm-hmm. he's he's pushed them back a month. Both both May shows were pushed to June. Um, they did it based on CDC guidelines right so i i think though it'll fall back on him mm-hmm. and anybody else that holds it at full capacity if we're back to a semi-normal state and there are social distancing rules still put in place and he sells at capacity and they don't regulate it somehow i i, I think while well, you're right i'm sure about the permits done they can go full head with the with the show it, it also the venue may be like eh, we don't at this point we don't want to risk it because of this mm-hmm. like this is what it yeah. was but now we're in this post COVID-19 thing we've got we've got to reconfigure this so I don't know there's a lot of logistics everyone I know has got to be freaking out about and I know many are working with their teams instantly you know Ticketmaster and AEG Live and Live Nation they're all working to figure out what to do next and they're they're about to start re- offering refunds for like eighteen thousand shows that have been or events that have been canceled or postponed, and fans only get like thirty days to do it. Uh, you know, ah, to that, should that refund be automatic. For that should be automatic. Well, the canceled ones are, but the postponed ones are going to be a thirty day window where if they want their money back, they got to request it. If not those tickets will be valid for the postponed date, whatever that may be. So I don't know. I, I think if you see a lot of artists that are, you know, starting to cancel for the rest of the year, I, I think more are going to fall suit and hold off, but that's just a prediction. You know? Yeah. So uh, one thing's for sure that I don't want to lose perspective on. We're living in history. Mm-hmm. Our children's yeah. children, it's children, are going to be learning about this in the history books 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years from now. This is going to be in the McGraw-Hill history book alongside the Black Plague and the Spanish Flu. And we're living it. And don't come after me. 
in a weird way, I'm I'm fascinated. I, I hesitate to say grateful. I'm grateful that I have a safe place that I can be. But who else can say they were there? I think our country now collectively, civilian, military, health worker, we all have a war story. I'm in media. I'm reporting on this. You're seeing, as a music journalist, you're seeing how concerts are being affected. Everybody in every industry is going to have a war story that when we are through this, they will tell for the rest of their lives. And I don't ever want to lose that perspective because when we get out the other side of this, the world, entertainment, e-commerce, business, insurance, you know, the paper pusher, Wall Street, every single industry is going to be different. Food and beverage. And we're living history and we will all have a war story when this is over. And that is so fascinating to me. No, I... I not coming at you at all. I, I get the fascination because it's, I was talking to our listeners. I know you wouldn't. Right, right. I know you wouldn't. But right. But I mean, yes, it is fascinating in the way that it's kind of surreal, too, because you're like, is this every day you wake up? It, it's almost like Groundhog's Day. It's like, hmm, what am I going to do next? Oh, wait, I'm going to conduct more interviews and post more news. I'm going to yeah. clean my house. I'm going to hopefully get to laundry and and this and that. And. Yeah, it's just become like 30 days of this already. It has yeah. just become like, wow, this is this is kind of interesting. To give people a glimmer of hope, and again, I'm not flying in the face of this. I'm not trying to be flagrant. First of all, thank you to the first responders and the nurses and the doctors, the Absolutely. police officers, the firemen, everybody on the front lines of this. But for those of us who are safe at home, Especially if you can, and I know there's a whole economic side of this that for some people a safe space to shelter is is tough, is hard. But for those of us who are fortunate to have a home to come to, in a weird way, this is the time to achieve your dream. This is, there, especially if you were laid off from your job and, and you want to change your careers anyway, this is t the time to look and see what will be out there for you when this is over or to pursue, like we've been saying, and we've been open in, on this in the other episodes, we've been doing more interviews than in, in a single week, every week, than mm -hmm. I've ever done in my career six years, six, seven years podcasting. Right. Why? Because this is how we're taking advantage. We're really pursuing, we're really taking advantage of not having busy schedules outside of our day-to-day -day lives to do the things, all the, do all the things we said we would do if we had the time. Now, it's unfortunate that this is how we have the time because nothing's going, nothing's operating, but this quarantine time is what you make of it. We will get back out there one day, but and it will hopefully be in a nearer future rather than a further future. But take advantage of it. Do what you want to do exactly. and try to make the best of your situation. Yeah, and I think that's all we can do. I mean, if you sit at home and just kind of, uh, man, I'm just in this funk, you know, because this happened. You're, you're not going to do anything. You know, you can make, you got to make of the situation, you know, what you can. And, and I think that's, you know, you make val very valid points about all that. You know, we're, we're just doing interviews left and right, and it's great. So, you know, we've got months of shows lined up because of that. And there's no way these artists or us would have had the time if it weren't for this. And I never wished for this to happen. I mean, I think it kind of, 
if maybe I just wasn't following everything right, but I think it kind of blindsided everybody of how big this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Because suddenly things just started shutting down. I remember I have a I have a, a friend on Facebook who is very openly and proudly irreverently smug. And he said on Facebook one day about a month, month and a half ago, he said, I bet you this will be over sooner than most of you are panicking and thinking. And now, a month later, he's posting things about, I'm tired of this. I know how to wear a mask and gloves. Let me get back out there. Here he was thinking he knew it all and that that it wouldn't last. Mm -hmm. And now he hasn't had anything to do for a month and a half. And not that I want to be like, well, we told the news and, and health officials tried to tell you so. But the truth is, this is where we are, and we all didn't want to believe it at first. Yeah. But here we are. Yeah, and, and I think we all have to do our part. We'll get through this quicker if we just stay at home. I've heard there's protesters in certain cities and states. What good is that doing? Yeah. I, I don't see any good in that, because if if they do, even if, even if science, so to speak, tells them, hey, you guys can start opening up again. There's nothing saying it won't come back mm-hmm. and maybe hit us even harder. But if we just get out there, okay, May 1st, let's open because that's what we initially said yes, we were doing. Yes, but we can't live in that fear. We can't live in that fear. We have to. If we, you know, the initial thing was back in March, it was 14 days to slow the curve. Disney's going to open back up at the end, at the end of March and everything will mm-hmm. be fine. The, if 14 days is what it takes to go through your system or to become symptomatic and then you got to wait it out or, you know, whatever happens, unfortunately. Um, so if enough people who have it stay home or go to the hospital and it gets through their system, and of course we wish everybody would re- could recover from this, then the idea is there'll be herd immunity and it won't be as bad. Now, there are rare cases where people have been reinfected so we don't know what the kind of immunity is going to be and you hear the scientists talk about that so yes but we can't become a country of agoraphobes that's the problem and that's what's happening and and frankly when i hear you say something like well what if it comes back well well, what if the sky turns purple tomorrow i mean you can't live like that you have to live cautiously and by the science and by the strategy of being gradual about it right but to my point is i'm saying these people are protesting to open you know come oh i'm with you may 1st and maybe science isn't telling us it's safe yet so they're they're pushing it no matter what is is my argument and they need to just unfortunately have to ride it out a little longer until we're till they deem that it's safer to hey we're, we're not you know we, we beat the curve for now but Let's go ahead and start reopening in phases, and then I think we'll get through it that way. But if we just – everybody's just back on the streets and everything's back open come May 1st, I, I don't think we're going to get through it, especially if they don't enforce um, the social distancing rules that apparently they're going to plan to do for the, the immediate future. I know restaurants have to you know, maybe take out tables, separate people. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I did go to a store the other day that I've been trying to avoid, but some essentials, you just, you have to go get them. And they didn't have 
you know, it, it did say stay, you know, two carts from people. People weren't doing that. They didn't have uh, one-way aisles like I've heard most stores have adapted. Um, you know, you were just free to go about. I didn't have to wait in line to get in the store. Uh, it's a pretty big store, but I just had, um, I just went in and I went, to a few areas that I knew I needed and then I hit up the other areas and I rushed out of there as quickly as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a mask on. Um, you know, I didn't have an extra pair of gloves, but they, they didn't even have wipes for the carts. So I just used my shirt sleeve, you know. But I I, I don't know. I, I think it's still too new to people to quite realize what, you know, how dangerous it can be, especially for those with weakened immune systems that can just, you know, go to the store, go to concerts or whatever and not worry about it. But I think now that it, everyone's going to be much more mindful of it. And, you know, even somebody like me that has allergies and kind of has a dry cough regularly, it's going to freak yeah. people out. Yeah. Well, it uh, all remains to be seen, but if you can believe it, we talked a half hour on this. But, uh, <laughs> nice. you know, I'm sure we'll do in a couple of weeks another update where things are and what our thoughts are. But uh, thanks for paying attention to this midweek episode for the Music Universe podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy. Keep checking out more of our podcast and themusicuniverse.com. Uh-huh.